Babies. We're your hosts. I'm Sam Collier. And Sarah Cho. And today we're going to be talking about the 10-minute play. 10-minute plays I've found can cause a lot of frustration among playwrights, but some people love them. So it's kind of like a love-hate kind of a thing. Um, I don't know too many people who are just kind of neutral about the 10-minute play. Um, they ins- I'm pretty neutral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I, I take that back. I stand corrected. Sarah chose neutral about the 10-minute play. Um, so today we're going to learn why and talk a little bit about uh, what is the 10-minute play and where did it come from and why might you want to write a 10-minute play? So to start, what is a 10-minute play, Sam? Well, it's so funny you ask because one time um, I asked our esteemed playwriting professor, Dare Club, at Iowa, if he knew of any good 10-minute plays that I could teach my students. And he said, <laughs> he said, what is a 10-minute play? Is that like a sack of five pounds of potatoes? And I, <laughs> I said, wait, well, he really said that? Yeah, he was like, is a 10-minute play always 10 minutes? Um, what does that mm-hmm. even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I said, good point. And then I went away and probably went for a walk in the woods and pondered that. But I think the traditional understanding is that a 10-minute play is 10 minutes long. And it's a play. Uh, so it's for theater. You know, it's told through dialogue and stage directions and it's kind of akin to I think a short story in the fiction realm in that it's just it's just telling one story every word is absolutely essential you don't have time to have a lot of subplots or loose ends Um, so you need to be very efficient do you have anything else to add Sarah about what is a 10-minute play? 10-minute plays, I think for me, I'm neutral about it because I don't see what's the harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I mean, I mean, work in a really – when I write sketch comedy, I'm working in a really strict three- to four-page rule. Like, I can't right. do any more than that. And I have to have the opening three beats and – a uh, joke at the end and out in three minutes. Wow. Like, it's so, it's so actually for me, I'm kind of now I'm thinking if I was to write a 10 minute play, I'm like, oh man, this is actually kind of scary because <laughs> it's so much time. Now there's so, there's too much time for me. Uh-huh. Like, what am I supposed to put in a 10 minute? But it's, it's its own thing for yeah. sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, like, the history of 10 minute plays. Like, why do they even exist? I mean, my sense is that they come from 10-minute play festivals that theaters and colleges in looking to showcase a lot of work kind of created this form where you could have a bunch of different writers represented. And the way to do that was to do really short pieces. But I really have no idea why the 10-minute play is a thing rather than the 7-minute play or the 15-minute play. Oh, that is interesting. I never thought about that. I've seen, I've, I've heard like one minute plays, one yeah, minute play festivals. That's true. Yeah, but I ten minutes is they must have done some tests, like <laughs> ten minute attention, like you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's just long enough where keep the interest there. 
Actually, yeah. I've had I have heard that ten minutes is about how long an audience can hold their attention before they need like to be reset. Like they need you to introduce a new idea or when people are when a large group of people is having a conversation, like mm-hmm. at a restaurant, every ten minutes there's a lull. So there have been studies. So maybe I don't know, maybe theater people have hit on either accidentally or on purpose the magic number when you write a full-length play do you feel like every 10 minutes there's some change in the story oh that's a good question I don't know I I feel like I need to look and see I mean Mm -hmm. every play is different so some of my plays are have really really long scenes and some of my plays are more episodic I, I don't know when I rewrite I've kind of noticed that for me it's Roughly around almost every seven, eight pages, mm-hmm. that there's a, some weird change, a shift in the plot, um, the story. So there's something there. Oh, I feel like in cool. every ten minutes, there's something there that what you're saying is might be true about mm-hmm. attention. Well, um, listeners, we invite you to look into this as well. <laughs> See how long you can pay attention to something. Have you attended any ten minute play festivals? Um, yes, but. Not in a long time, except Mm -hmm. when I was at um, the Last Frontier Theater Conference in Valdez last summer, they had a 10-minute play festival for people who were there to share full-length plays. So that was the one I was at most recently, I think. But also, I teach high school students, and so usually I teach them how to write a 10-minute play, and that is their final project for the unit so actually they start with scenes and then they kind of work up to the 10 minute play because that's a complete piece with a beginning middle and end so I've been reading a lot of student 10 minute plays as well what about you do you go to a lot of 10 minute play festivals no I do not (laughs) it's interesting it's like it's definitely a specific kind of event and I think theaters like them because they can have a range of genres and voices and you know some comedy and some more heavy stuff all balanced Mm -hmm. together and there was one time when I was applying to grad schools and this one school their application process what if once you got into the sort of the final round Mm -hmm. is you were teaming up with the directors and the actors that were applying to the program too is you got together and you wrote you told me about this. Was this, was this the new this school? Was at, yeah, this was at new school. Yeah, and I'm and I remember that was probably one time in my life where showcasing, you know, everyone's type, like the flavors and the voices, all the sort of this one place that that kind of gave me a sense of everyone's style. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool to hear just the, all the different approaches like everyone has a different idea about 10 minutes what could 10 minutes be yeah and that's and that's one of the cool things i think when you do some kind of festivals like that showcase work yeah for sure and i think maybe the first question for anybody starting to write a 10 minute play is like how am i going to use that idea of time of the 10 minute like Mm -hmm. because a lot of I mean, they really kind of fall into two camps. A lot of 10-minute plays work in real time where it's maybe one scene that takes 10 minutes, you know, from 
the beginning to the end. And then there are 10 minute plays that have two or more scenes where there's some break in time. So, Mm. you know, one night and then the next morning or something like that. So that's probably the first thing to think about is how are you using 10 minutes? Well, so Sarah, what is the traditional structure for a 10 minute play? You were talking about the structure of a sketch. What does it Mm -hmm. look like in terms of what happens by each point in the 10 minute play if you're using the traditional structure? Yeah. You guys, first of all, the internet is so full of resources and holy cow, there's a lot of people talking (laughs) about 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty great. So I was kind of able to sort of pull the basic, the structure, the idea. Mm -hmm. So it seems like pages one to two, the first couple of pages, you're setting up the world of your main character. Mm -hmm. Page, pages two to three, something happens to your character. That throws them out of balance. There's a problem. There's a problem that's introduced. Yeah. Pages four to seven, your character struggles to restore order to that world. Mm -hmm. And pages eight, just when your character is about to restore that order, something happens to complicate it and make it worse maybe. And then pages nine to ten, your character either succeeds or fails Mm -hmm. to restore that order. And And that's super traditional. I think that's like this beginning, middle, end of like any story really. Yeah. But I mean that that's a full arc. Like I tell mm-hmm. my students by the end of the play, we need to know the answer to the question that you raised at the beginning. Is mm-hmm. she going to get to go to prom or does she have to stay home and babysit her siblings? Is the bank robber going to get caught or will he get away with his money? So it doesn't mean you have to answer every question, but we need to know by the end whether the character has been successful in getting what they want right or changed in some way right right Right. is there some kind of realization did a secret come out so sam when you look at the structure do you is there do you agree or do you feel like there's something like well it doesn't need to fall this way and i can definitely think of um well, I should say my first impulse is, no, I want to break that. <laughs> like, of I want, course. <laughs> I want to do it a different way. But this is pretty simple, and I think I can get behind the general idea of, like, you introduce the character, you introduce an obstacle, you see them fighting the obstacle, and then they're either successful or not. I think this kind of late-in-the-game new problem that arises is really interesting because I hadn't thought about that for a 10-minute play. Often I think about in a three-act play structure, somewhere in the second act, you know, past the past the midpoint usually, there's a new problem where the character thinks, wow, you know, I knew what I wanted and I knew it was going to be hard to get it, but I was not prepared for this thing. So, and I think that's really important in a full-length play that your character faces new obstacles that they were not prepared for it because that helps keeps the audience interest you know like we knew they had the tools necessary to get past the first hurdle but we didn't even know there was going to be another hurdle and now everything might be lost after all but I don't usually think about that for the 10 minute play because it's so short so that's kind of interesting to think about what that might look like so in sketch comedy the first page, by the end of that first page, we have to know what the sort of the problem is mm-hmm. of this character, this main character, or 
the world that we're in in that sketch comedy like actually in sketch comedy it's it's mostly about how is this problem going to escalate how does it get worse and worse and worse until the final and there's usually three moments three kind of jokey big funny moments that happen usually three times Mm -hmm. to this character because you know comedy people like threes yep it's a thing it's a thing Mm -hmm. um and by the end the joke or the end of that three pages four pages the character or the world has sort of this surprise moment revelation that kind of some irony to it and Uh then it's the end of that sketch (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's like there you go and it's usually like a one-liner a joke makes fun of everything and is there a way in which that final line like kind of opens up a new story or it opens up a new way of thinking about the story you've just told? Um, Sometimes, but it's usually, I feel like the sketch ends in, a, it really closes the world. Like it closes oh, that character's okay. problem. And sometimes yeah. wanted to explore this character or the world just a little bit more and go beyond it probably be a new scene because it just feels like because the whole point of it is like you want to hit you want to land that sketch a bit of a high fun note uh-huh. so then the blackout you know that whole turning the the whole theater to black you know yeah we move to the next next sketch and we know it's done no we know it's done yeah mm-hmm. but like, there's no questions ever arising about anything about that world mm-hmm. it's just we're done with it let's move on cool well, so in your looking around at um, things about Ten Minute Place, did you find anything that any resources that our listeners might find useful? Yeah, there was. I mean, the one I feel like it was the common thing was called the Ten. It was just Ten Minute Plays dot com. Oh, cool! <laughs> and, it was, and it was like list of all like plays that have been performed or plays that produced around the country. Um, gives you writing tips, exercises. I think um, there are a couple of places like the Playwright Center and HowlRound where you can find articles about Mm -hmm. playwriting and different forms, and those might be useful places to Mm -hmm. check out. Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah, what do you think are some of the benefits and drawbacks of the 10-minute play? Like, what's good about them? Let's start with what's good. Well, what's good is... What you said earlier is when we have an evening, you could really showcase a lot of different writers in mm-hmm. one evening and a lot of different styles and voices. And as a as a sort of a show, as a showcase, it's really great. Mm-hmm. I think the drawback is the limitation of ten minutes. Maybe yeah, it's just like you you want maybe this this world or this character is just really interesting and like it could go further and more but you can't because it's the 10 minute <laughs> yeah if even if you're trying to fit a 13 minute story into 10 minutes <laughs> you might be doing mm-hmm. a disservice to the characters yeah. you know i think it's kind of a double-edged sword because i think the form is really useful in teaching students or playwrights who are just starting out how to write in dialogue and how to show character through dialogue and stage directions and action. It's useful at condensing a story into just a short amount of space because when you're confronted with kind of this amorphous length 
and you're writing into the void, it can be really overwhelming. And so if you know that you just have to fill 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. it's much more manageable. But I also think it can train you to kind of short circuit your ideas. Because if you're, I, I think the first draft of any writing endeavor, you can't be worried about like, how long is this going to be? You just have to let the story kind of take its own shape. At least this is for me. I, I mean, I think some people are very different because they start out with a clear idea of, of the shape and the ending. But I do think sometimes we, we limit ourselves unconsciously from telling the story we could be telling if we know it's mm-hmm. got to fit into 10 minutes. Right. Like in 10 minutes, I'm thinking maybe it also depends on the resources available too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in 10 minutes, can you have 30 member cast? <laughs> probably not. Maybe you can. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. 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 I don't know. But it's because 30, if all of them have a line, it's like a single voice or the idea that you're trying to get across with 30 people, if it be mm-hmm. effective. Maybe maybe you'll find a way, Sam. I feel like you would. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna write a 30 person, 10 minute play. Do you think it's Do you think it's just a smaller version of the full length play, like with that structure, or do you think it's like a totally different kind of animal? I mean, I really don't know. Sometimes I think of it like a full length play, just compressed. But yeah, yeah go ahead. I, yeah, I always feel like it's its own I personally think it's just like its own animal yeah because I was thinking there were a couple times where I was like oh I'm gonna submit to this 10 minute play festival I did not write a 10 minute play so I'm just gonna pick 10 pages from a full length play (laughs) and I'll just pretend and act like it's a 10 minute play and it does not work it didn't work (laughs) it did not work I mean I don't know how they found out And, and and the ones that I've seen that 10 minute plays that where I felt this was a really good 10 minute play is there's a real command of that to those 10 minutes. Yeah. And there's a real command of what's happening to those characters and the world in such what very, like you said earlier, like very economical way. Mm-hmm. Like everything matters. There's it's, no, yeah. there's no slack. I think that's really important. I think that it can be good for, um, writers to break out of their comfort zone because you're not committing to a whole play and so it can be like if you write comedies a lot it can be a way to explore writing something really tragic or like I know I've write a lot of magic into my plays or there's always some kind of fantastical element but I find 10 minute plays can be a good way to explore okay what if I just write total realism or naturalism you know two to four characters in a totally realistic world it can be a way to explore that i've seen 10 minute plays too that end with and it's open-ended mm-hmm. you're like are they gonna be together or are they not <laughs> oh my god you know making you like really like just nervous and like kind of like she's like oh i wish they knew <laughs> yeah but it kind of sometimes i like that it was like wow that was like a good moment in this life of these characters and then i hope they have a great life after <laughs> these 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, maybe you don't have to know all the answers. But I do, I totally agree. 10 minutes is such a great way to explore different structures, explore different ways of writing that you've never written before because you're not committing to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think audiences find a festival of 10-minute plays 
much more appealing if you know if there are people who aren't used to going to see plays this is just my hypothesis but i think that non-theater people are intimidated by going to like a 90 or two 90 minute or two hour play if they don't know anything about the writer or they're not used to going to plays a lot whereas if they know they're going to see seven 10 minute plays by a whole bunch of different writers it's less intimidating because they know Mm -hmm. every 10 minutes they get a reset button and if they really don't like something they're not stuck with that story for two hours of their life so i think that's why a lot of times theaters often include a like a festival in their programming to try to bring in new audiences this reminds me of a story uh when i was so excited uh so my fiance right uh what's his name again (laughs) i don't know if i oh his first name is nick so i was so i you know, I love theater and I was so excited about um, just kind of introducing more more to theater in our real early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite plays, like all time I read in college was um, Long Day's Journey Into Night. Oh, yeah. By Eugene. It was just one of my favorite plays. And I, I saw that in the city there was like a, a production of it. And I'm not going to name the theater. But I was so excited. I got the two tickets. I'm like, we're going to go watch. It's going to be great. You're going to love theater. This is a show that's going to change your <laughs> life. And it's first of all, we walk in. The running time is about three hours. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? The story's awesome. You're going to love the acting. Great actors. Oh, this is such a great story. Such a great story. Three hours <laughs> where we're sitting in the theater by the way this is a good theater like this isn't some like a local like a tiny community theater it's like a real theater but we're sitting and we happen to pick a night where we're sitting we're just surrounded by really really noisy people for three hours three hours what were they doing were they talking they're talking and there wasn't an elderly who had like a earpiece on but i guess he didn't know that with the audio from the theater or something was causing some feedback. So we're sitting there for about two hours of feedback of somebody. And we're looking around, where's the sound coming from? We have no idea. And we're sitting here for three hours of this. Like it was just (laughs) madness. And I just remember thinking, like, I still love this play. (laughs) You're going to love it. How was the production? Oh, it was it was the production itself was really great. Like oh, that's I good. yeah, it was good, but it was it was so hard to sit for 3 hours. And the thing is over time over the the evening, the course of the evening, people were trying to figure out where is this feedback coming from? So you hear people getting up in their seats <laughs> and looking and searching and where is this feedback coming from? Oh my gosh, it was it was pretty pretty horrible. Were you able to get him to go see a play again (laughs) ever (laughs) yeah no no i mean yes the next one next couple of shows were musicals oh good (laughs) (laughs) where music and sound and everything right it's Mm -hmm. just where it overpowers the theater so you don't have to worry about feedback (laughs) and this those like deep those long silences (laughs) and you hear feedback and in the moments of you know where the actors are having their moment and they're crying, they're, you know, like screaming out to the gods and you hear, <laughs> you know, it's just not good. 
that's why I appreciate 10 minutes, right? You just, it's so quick. <laughs> and then in between the plays, you can lean over and tap the person and say, there's some feedback. Yeah. Can you please be quiet? I, I will yeah. say too, I think it's a great way to learn craft if you're new to playwriting. Um, get yourself to some 10-minute play festivals because it's it's really good training for your ear and also just to see what you like because you're going to get exposed to lots of different approaches to the same form. And so um, you can you can kind of get a crash course in what works and what doesn't work. Sarah, do you have any favorite 10-minute plays? Let's see. <laughs> it's okay if you don't. It's so funny because I, I see the plays that I've seen and I remember, but I just can't remember the names. That's okay. I put you on the spot. <gasps> but I'll say this, like the plays that are standing out to me that, that I've seen over the years is plays that were so resourceful. Like they mm-hmm. – they're able to think a little outside the box mm-hmm. about how ten minutes. It could be ten moment of this, mo- like ten minutes of this single moment in this person's life, and they're just able to just pull items that they're just finding and they're just kind of adding to the world. Like I was just like thinking, wow, this is such a such a visual. Like, you could be really visual in ten minutes too, right? Without having to, without having to. Or like, oh, I don't have the money. Or like, this is such a low budget, I can't do anything. But people could get really creative in how they want to explore those 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I saw this play um, when I was in Valdez at the 10-minute play festival at the Last Frontier Conference called The World's Next Tooth Fairy is Marcy Peterson. It's by the playwright Joanna Castle Miller. Um, And actually, it's on... Then New Play Exchange. So listeners, if you are on there, I encourage you to read it. It's very funny and it's a really simple concept. It's um, it's like the old Tooth Fairy kind of begrudgingly welcoming the person who's going to take her place. Um, but structurally, it worked really well because you have kind of the leaving of the old guard and a new person coming in and... I think that kind of setup works really well in 10 minutes because you're introducing two characters. You have a built-in contrast and you know that the end of the play is going to be this kind of changing of the guard. So, mm. Is this a two-person play? No, there is another character who's kind of like um, an assistant to the old Tooth Fairy. But, oh, but it's that- like the old Tooth Fairy and then her kind of right-hand woman and then the new person so three people it's hilarious my brother got me this book of 10 minute plays oh that's he had cool. taken i think he'd taken a literature class in college and then one of the books that they had to get was like a te- book of 10 minute plays mm-hmm. and he gave that to me so i think i'm gonna venture into that explore that this week what about you listeners what are you gonna do this week are you gonna <laughs> they're gonna write go to your plays are you going to write some 10-minute plays? Are you going to go to your local bookstore and look for some 10-minute plays? If so, tell us about it. Yeah, tell us your favorites. We really want to know. If you have good recommendations for 10-minute plays, tell us in the comments. All right, we're well, coming to an end. We've reached that time again. Sarah, yeah. what's your 
glisten for this week? Oh my gosh, you guys. I don't know if Sam, do you have Hulu? No. Okay. Well, any listeners out there that have Hulu, you have to watch this show called Pen 15. <laughs> penis it looks like penis but it is the most hilarious show if you grew up in the 90s early aughts this is a show where it just hits all those what made our childhood so funny and hilarious like it's about these two girls anna and maya and it's they're adult women they're playing but they're playing 12 year old and every <laughs> actor is a 12 year old so they're just kind of really living like one of the episodes is creating your screen name for aim oh my for the God. first time and this is hilarious like i couldn't it it was a it's so funny like you have to watch it it's oh my gosh i that sounds good what's your glisten sam um wow i really didn't even think about it until just this moment you know what I'm thinking about right now is in my CSA box this week. I'm part of a winter CSA, which, as you might imagine, is mostly root vegetables. Um, but this week they put in mayonnaise that they made from scratch. Um, and it's delicious. <laughs> and so I guess my glisten is... Um, Homemade, homemade mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Uh, it tastes like it doesn't taste like anything you would buy in the store. It tastes like very kind of olive oily and it's mm. really light. I don't know. Have you ever made mayonnaise, Sarah? I'm trying. I, I part of me thinks I did at some point. Like I was making some kind of a a spicy mayo, mm. and I wanted to make the mayo from scratch. Mm. But I'm like trying to remember what that. The ingredients it's just it's like just eggs, eggs and oil i think oil and maybe lemon juice lemon juice yeah i think so it's delicious it's giving me a whole new appreciation for condiments <laughs> oh my gosh um you could write a 10 minute play about condiments i could i could maybe i will all right guys thanks for listening follow us on social media we're on instagram facebook twitter Visit our website, Beckett'sBabies.com, where we'll, you'll see this episode and maybe some playwriting exercises. Yeah. And tell us about your favorite 10-minute play. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you.